interested in taking a deep dive each week into a compliance or compliance-related topic? Then Compliance Into the Weeds is the podcast for you. Join Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, and Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, as they go into the weeds to flesh out a story which you can use to better inform your compliance program. Both you and your compliance program will be the better for listening to this podcast. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox, the voice of compliance with the coolest guy in compliance, Matt Kelly, back again for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. Matt, first of all, could you give us a check-in on your health status? Uh, Well, let's see. Here in the Radical Compliance household, everybody is fine and well. And uh, soon enough, I think by the weekend, the weather in Boston is finally going to turn spring-like, which will certainly lift the spirits here. Uh, But otherwise, in Massachusetts, uh, we have been taking the lockdown quite seriously. Um, There's still a brisk number of new cases reported every day, but we seem to be keeping our fatality rate and our hospitalization rates in Massachusetts at least fairly low, which is nice to see. And um, we keep soldiering on here, doing what we can. So, Matt, this week, the Securities and Exchange Commission had an almost enigmatic press release that you used as a basis for a blog post about a whistleblower award to a compliance officer. You want to tell us about that? Uh, Yeah, I I wish I could tell you a lot. But as you said, these uh, whistleblower award announcements from the SEC are cloaked in secrecy and omit all sorts of juicy details. Here's what we know. The uh, award was announced on Monday. Um, And it went to somebody with, quote, with compliance-related responsibilities, unquote, at his or her company. What does that mean? We don't know. We don't know the name of the company that was involved in misconduct. We don't know the industry. We don't know when this misconduct happened. We don't know if this person was a chief compliance officer or a compliance analyst or something to that effect. That is standard for SEC whistleblower awards. However, um, this person, whoever they are, won $450,000, and this is only the third time in the whistleblower program's history since 2011. This is only the third time that we have ever had an award go to a compliance or audit executive who is in some way a a gatekeeper of misconduct and intel and information anyways. It very rarely happens. I don't even recall the last time it did happen, but This is what we know. Somebody out there in our profession is 450 large ones richer. So more power to him. Well, there was actually another wrinkle that uh, was as interesting as who the whistleblower was, Matt, to me at least. And that was that um, the commission was already investigating the company, firm or entity, which typically... uh, uh, makes a whistleblower not eligible. But that wasn't the case in this situation. Uh, What did you glean about that? Well, yeah, that's correct. And in fact, you know, really the the, the headline is that somebody won $450,000. But the rest of this news is more a good opportunity to delve into uh, the rules around whistleblower awards. So uh, you are correct that normally under SEC rules, To be eligible for an award, you must provide them original information, 
uh, for some matter that the SEC had not already known about. Uh, That did not happen here. The SEC said in its award statement that it was investigating this firm, um, but apparently not quite in the correct way uh, because the SEC said that the information the whistleblower brought to them, the compliance officer, helped them refocus the investigation on violations that were ultimately charged. Um, We should add that the rule is you have to bring original information that leads to a new case, but it's not a hard and fast rule. We have seen the SEC deviate from this before. Um, We have seen the SEC deviate from other rules, such as you're supposed to bring information in a prompt manner. Um, Just last week, they issued a different award to some other employee at a different company um, who had actually taken his or her time and uh, was unusually tardy. But the information was so good that the SEC gave that other whistleblower an award anyways. And, um, you know, you can see departures from the SEC whistleblower guidelines on a regular basis in various ways. Uh, that apparently is what happened here. So um, the gatekeeper part of this really intrigued me as well, uh, Matt. And you've talked about, uh, you've certainly talked about in the past, uh, the role of the gatekeeper and the role of uh, the gate keeper or a role a gatekeeper can have under Dodd-Frank, there's a 120-day requirement that uh, a gatekeeper in the form of a compliance officer or internal audit specialist uh, provide a company with the information and time to remedy the situation. Uh, How does all of that seem to have not worked or worked in this case? Again, we're just inferring from the very few facts that the SEC discloses But you are correct that under SEC rules, any employee who as a normal part of their job would handle whistleblower complaints or allegations of misconduct, such as a compliance officer or an internal audit executive, they are not eligible for a whistleblower award if they run immediately to the SEC with whatever information they have Um, to encourage a strong internal corporate compliance and corporate reporting function. Um, If you want to be eligible for an award, you, the compliance or audit executive, must first bring this to your internal hotline system or your internal compliance function. You must give the company a chance to respond. If they don't respond within 120 days, only then are you clear to go and uh, bring your matters to the SEC and be eligible for a whistleblower award plus Dodd-Frank whistleblower protections and all of that other stuff. Um, so this this is not a bad rule when you think about it. If we compliance professionals are trying to encourage strong internal reporting, then that's what this means, is that you can't sort of subvert the whole purpose of your job for internal reporting by taking internal reports and trying to use them as a payday. You must first try to do the right thing and bring it to the company which this whistleblower actually did. And you will be surprised to hear, Tom, they suffered retaliation when they tried to bring this matter to the higher ups and get it resolved. Uh, We don't know what retaliation this compliance officer faced. The SEC only just said unique hardships as a result of the claimant's internal reporting. I would just tell the SEC that compliance officers suffering retaliation is not unique. In my observation, it seems to be fairly widespread, but 
whatever. Um, this person did try to bring the matter up to the chain of command. Instead of being rewarded for it, they've suffered retaliation. So they took their issue directly to the SEC, and now they have a nice fat whistleblower award. Um, also, under the rules, if you do the math, you are eligible for 10 to 30 percent of whatever settlement your tip brought about. So if this person got uh, $450,000, then the settlement that the company paid, whatever the misconduct was, was for somewhere between $1.5 and $4.5 million. Um, we don't get to know what the percentage was, the exact percentage. We only know the range. So we don't know what the exact fine was. And if anybody wants to try and reverse engineer it, like, you go forth on your journey, but I'm not going to bother with that. It can be rather hard to do. Um, sometimes these whistleblowers and their lawyers do step forward to announce that they are the ones who hit the, the jackpot. And um, other times they remain anonymous. So I have no idea who this compliance officer is. I asked a few of my friends. They all say it's not them. Um, <laughs> but but okay. I, I will say, however, one gave me the honest answer. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm not sure if I wish I were that person or I'm glad I didn't have to deal with the grief of going through the whistleblower process, which is not easy. And a fair number of whistleblowers get no reward at all. Um, we are still waiting for those supposed amendments to the whistleblower award program, which we're going to expedite SEC decisions on frivolous claims where they would tell a would be whistleblower right off the bat. You're not getting anything. You're not going to get any protections. Um, there are various other proposals that the SEC has been thinking about. They've been on the deep freeze for the last, I don't know, four or five months at least. Um, they have, they were first proposed nearly two years ago. I suspect with COVID occupying the SEC's time, who knows when we're going to see those SEC whistleblower reforms, if at all. Um, but anyways, this is a fairly rare bird in the whistleblowing community to see a compliance officer get an award themselves. As I said, it's only the third time in history it's happened. Um, it is what it is though. And it is a good a refresher for compliance officers who may be suffering under some sort of retaliation or wondering what to do with a complaint that is getting ignored. Uh, yes, you can bring it to the SEC under certain circumstances. And if it is good, high quality material, they can get over a lot of the rules that they have. And you could potentially wind up with a nice payout, which this person certainly deserved for trying to do the right thing, suffering retaliation. I'm glad that they did everything right, and I'm also glad that uh, they got their their just reward for trying to do this and then finally bringing it to the SEC. Would you say this puts one more stake in the heart of Jay Clayton's attempt to eviscerate whistleblower awards? Um, not this. I you know more than anything, probably uh, the COVID crisis has put a stake through that plan and stomped on it and burned its corpse and ground it in the dust. Um, it's just it's hard to imagine the SEC picking up these policy issues, which, you know, the some of what Jay Clayton had proposed to reform whistleblower awards did make sense. In fact, most of what he proposed did make sense. But um, the capital markets are on fire thanks to COVID right now. We have a dozen different problems the SEC needs to think about right now. This is not one of them. Um, I don't know when they will. Then again, it is also very easy for the SEC to uh, take a vote 
I think it's called inseratum, where they don't actually have an actual meeting. They just take a vote, um, I think, by telephonically or through some procedural maneuver where they just announce that they have adopted a new policy. So they could do that maneuver with these whistleblower reforms, but we don't even know exactly what the final reform package would be. The big sticking point for whistleblowers was that Jay Clayton had originally proposed what was essentially a cap on large awards at about $30 million. He has since said that was misconstrued and he's never intended a cap and all this other linguistic contortions trying to say that the cap was not an actual cap. There isn't going to be a cap. Um, Many of the other plans and proposals he had do make sense, uh, such as expediting decisions on frivolous claims giving the SEC more discretion to hand out smaller awards, which I think is a good idea, uh, to clarify the process for submitting tips, which you would have to submit by email. I don't think that is a terribly onerous thing. Um, So a lot of what the reforms propose are fine for compliance officers, um, but really it just we have so many bigger things in the capital markets to worry about right now that I, I don't know that this is going to get resolved anytime soon. And the SEC uh, chairman Clayton's term ends next January. Don't know that he will stick around if president Trump loses. We don't know that he'd stick around for a second term if president Trump wins. So I am not sure that we will see any whistleblower reforms before the November elections in 2021. I think that's probably uh, true, Matt, particularly in uh, this particular health crisis and uh, then uh, attendant economic downturn we're looking at. I guess on the last point, do you think that this uh, award really uh, sticks up for helps uh, or gives more comfort to compliance officers? Uh, I'm going to guess that it does, because as soon as I posted this news on LinkedIn, I got dozens and dozens of thumbs up from my LinkedIn connections in the compliance community who all seem to think it was great. Um, yes. Yes. I mean, of course it, it helps. Uh, is it a huge award? Well, I, we don't know. Um, it's not an absolute dollar terms, but it might've been a significant award in percentage terms. Uh, but whoever this person is, they tried to do the right thing. The company was not receptive to that. The company tried to punish him or her for this. So they were compensated for that, um, that suffering that they had to go through and good for them. I think that, uh, as I've said, I, I keep a running tab on uh, a retaliation that compliance officers suffer. And unfortunately, I have more than a few examples people have told me about. Happens too often. And so it is nice to see that a compliance officer who is suffering through that is made whole through this process. It's not perfect. It's not swift. But it did get this person a good result, which is one more good result than we had a week ago. So I'm, I'm in favor of what happened here. I, uh, I really like that. One more uh, good result than we had a week ago. Matt, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I can't wait to see what next week brings us. All right. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. We're going to link to Matt's uh, blog post on uh, this issue, so check that out in the show notes. I'm also pleased to announce that I'm starting a new podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus, Clarity and Sanity for the Compliance Practitioner. So look for that new podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. I hope you will join Matt and I again next week 
when we take up another topic of compliance into the weeds. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.